Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Artemis Brower, along with my good friend, Chance. Chance, how we doing today, brother? Good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. We uh, we are down one today. We're, we're, we're down a compadre. We are down uh, one Jared Shaffit. Um, he is uh, out, feeling a little under the, under the weather, a little under, under the uh, radar. So uh, we're filling in for him. Going to go ahead and steer this ship, steer it the right way. Still got to produce some content. Still got to get it out to the people. So uh, we're excited to be here. But uh, Chance, how you doing, man? Good, what's, man. What's life? I, you know, no, <laughs> watching the Pac-12 die is pretty fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a train wreck. Yeah, we're well, Right, right. So Pac-12, you know, Big Ten, SEC kind of becoming the, the, the two dominant powers. You know, everybody's kind of just falling by the wayside. We'll definitely touch on that uh, in a little bit here. But uh, episode 156, um, 56, you got a, you got a, you got a number 56 for us? Yeah, I got one that's going to sting a little bit. Um, We've seen his – we seen his son he played at vandy jack lighter so i'm talking about al lighter um yeah. i mean one of the pretty good pitchers of his era i mean back when guys had to locate pitches and not just have straight fastball you know with ridiculous pitches he put up you know 3.8 era across an entire career of 19 years you know i think it was 2000 innings pitch you know gave up like a thousand runs but he started like almost 400 games. So, I mean, he'd done so much for the game. His son is, he might be one of the best pitchers we've ever seen here in the next couple of years. So he's he done a lot for the game of baseball. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. Mine, uh, mine is pretty chalk. Uh, it's a guy we haven't actually talked about on the, on the podcast, but it's, it's pretty chalk. We're talking about one of the greatest defensive players of all time, but I couldn't really think of another 56. So I was like, why the hell not? Why not pick this guy? That is Lawrence Taylor. Uh, the GOAT, if anybody that watched football back in the 80s and 90s is going to tell you Lawrence Taylor is the greatest, probably the greatest football player to ever walk the face of the earth. I don't even need to talk about his accolades. You know, if you're old enough to, to know, you know who Lawrence Taylor is. But uh, that would be my 56 for the week. Typical chalk for me, but that's all right. Shout out to the great uh, Lawrence Taylor. But I do just want to shout out Variety Sports Network. We are a proud member of BSN, any and all of your sports news, sports podcasts, be sure to check out BSN, that is Variety Sports Network. Uh, but getting right into this thing, Chance, um, we did touch on the Pac-12. Recent news, you got, uh, I think, Oregon and Washington getting getting flirted by, by the Big Ten. Did, did you see the last three? The la- no, no, I didn't see that. Oh, oh dude, they're done. Uh, hold on. Oh. I, I know, I know I Colorado's going to the Big 12. That's Let's see, I gotta find. I can't believe I don't remember who it was. So the, it was the like the last three big schools in the pack. Yeah, it's Arizona wow. State, uh, Arizona, and Utah to the Pac-12, pending Big Twelve approval. Wow, they're going to get so they're trying to twelve. Yep, I mean they know the Pac-12 wow. is dead. Yeah. I mean it's going to yeah, lead yeah, to Oregon good. State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal. Yeah, I mean that's not a good Where football they conference. Go? Like, do you think that they to go to, honest, like, a, to a power five? Or do you think, I think they, they go down? I think, like, the Pac-12 and the Mountain West are going to, like, merge yeah. type deal, and they're going to still be called the Pac-12. But I made this point earlier on Twitter, you know, with the way Pac-12 is going, is the American now considered a power five conference? I, I mean, 
but does it even matter? Because yeah, you could technically yeah. say that the American is a, is a is a power five, but the, with what SEC is gaining, with what the Big Ten is gaining, it really is a two horse race, and yeah. then it's like everybody else trying to catch up at this point. I mean, it's just going to be. I think, a, I think the new term what we're, what we're going to see soon is going to be a power four. So I think for any ECU fan that thinks we're P five, we're never going to reach that level because of our right. media market. And it, it sucks to say it, but I mean, right now we're looking at a, a really good point. The playoffs are expanding next year for you know the best six conference champions to get get in. So we're still our doors are wide open to get right in. And I mean, there's no reason to go nowhere. There's nowhere that's worth it unless we go Big Twelve, ACC, SEC, Big Ten. You know, going to the packs pointless. I don't know why people, I see people saying that. We don't need to travel across the country every other week to go play a football game. This one costs too much money in the long end to get out of the American and travel. It's just not worth it. I mean, you said it exactly right. The playoff is expanding. I don't even think – I mean, conference realignment, yes, the next time we have a chance to move up, absolutely. But really it's just about as as a program doing what we have to do as a program, getting our name out there, getting our notoriety, getting our marketing up, and just trying to squeeze into that playoff spot and shock the world, right? When when mm-hmm. expansion does actually, you know, happen. But at this point, it is absolutely Big Ten, SEC's world. Everybody else kind of fall in line. Maybe Big Twelve, probably third after that. I, like you said, I yeah. think I do agree that Pac twelve and the Mountain West is probably going to join mm-hmm. and still be called the Pac twelve and still consider themselves a Power mm-hmm. Five conference. But we all know the Pac twelve is, is essentially dead. ACC's been kind of quiet. I mean, Florida State. It's kind of you know had those rumblings like you know we're gonna we're gonna I, leave. I think it's, it costs too much to get out of the ACC. I mean yeah. their their grant of rights is you know they set themselves up. You know ACC. You know you would think Florida State, Clemson, UNC, and Duke are probably getting poached. Right. But I mean it, I think I think I've seen thirty mil a year to get out, and then I think Florida State has ten right. years on the contract. That's like three hundred million dollars. Nobody's coming up with that kind of money to get out. Right. Right, not to get out. Yeah, I mean, unless the SEC's got a bag, you know. How, I mean, I know Vandy makes a lot of money a year that they shouldn't be making compared to what, you know, some of the ACC schools make. Yeah, I mean, Florida, it's not like Florida State doesn't have the money, but I don't I, – I at this point, I think they're, uh, they're selling the wolf tickets. They're kind of just kind of yeah. talking the talk. But uh, and it's not like the ACC. I mean, being an ACC isn't bad either. I mean, it is a conference. Yeah, I mean, football, basketball, baseball, everything. It's an excellent conference to be in. But, oh, this is getting me excited for college football. Cannot wait for all this. Man. We are less than – oh, God, what are we? A couple weeks away? 29 less days? Than, 29 days? Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not long. Not far away from uh, – well, that's week zero. I know we're still about four weeks away from week one. But, uh, man, man, I'm excited. I was I was excited for the preseason game last night, man. Yeah. I got excited hearing the music, man. It just gets you ready, man. Friday night lights, Saturday games, Sunday games, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. It's just like I'm so excited. It's it's funny that you mentioned. That. I was literally sitting on the couch last night, and Ashley came up to me and she was like, "Is there football on already?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching the the, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I'm watching the preseason football game." And she was like, "But that doesn't even matter, right?" And I'm like. All football matters. Like, don't – Man, <laughs> don't, DT, DTR looked right good. I'm excited. DTR looked good. Yeah. He, I mean, he looked really good. I'd love to see that Wilson get some more reps. 
yeah, I would, I, yeah. I would like to see Zach Wilson get some more reps. But, I mean, that one throw he had, he like he'd been working with Rodgers on that one. Well, I mean, look, he was at UCLA forever. So, yeah. Kid can play. The kid can definitely play. But um, moving right along here, man, getting right into everything. We do have SMU preview this week. We do have the running backs this week. We're going to go ahead and start with that SMU preview. Uh, this is a team that's kind of always giving us a little bit of trouble. Um, SMU is always that, that team that anywhere between seven to ten wins, right? You know, they can be a scary good team, a dark horse, or they can just be a complete disappointment. And, you know, last year they went seven and six overall. Tell me about SMU. What, do you, what are you expecting from them? How, how, how do you think SMU bounces back this season? Man, honestly, I, I really don't know. I mean, you know, they're bringing in 17 different transfers, I think. Yeah, 17 different ones. I mean, and that's a lot of pieces. You know, they're not really kind of getting, like, one guy to fix a spot, you know, to keep letting the youth rebuild. They're, they're completely rebuilding, which, I mean, in this day and age of football, it's kind of the thing. you got to do it. I mean, they're in Dallas. So, you, if you're wanting a team to – take the step to the P5 level, SMU is doing the right job, getting the players in. They're in the Dallas area. They got the money. So, I mean, I think this year, I think SMU is going to try to be a very, very good football team. And they're coming out for blood for a lot of people. Let me let me ask you this, because, like, it feels like SMU and ECU might kind of be in the same boat as far as their place in the conference. Okay. Like, do you think that's going to be, like, the battle for third or the battle for fourth, possibly in the American yeah. between – you and, and, and ECU? Because I kind of had the American, like, some tiers. I have, like, Tier 1, Tulane, UTSA. Like, those are going to be right. the two best teams in the conference. We can almost guarantee that. Tier 3, Tier 2 is, like, ECU, SMU, Memphis, you know, throwing FAU, kind of just teams that you don't know what you're going to get, but they, they still should be a good enough football team to, you know, win a couple games. And then the other teams is, like, Charlotte and Rice, everybody right. else we don't care about. And just kind of like, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I know they went seven to six last year. I think they're right at an eight-win team this year, maybe yeah. sitting right at maybe seven wins again this year. I don't really see too much of an improvement for SMU, but I don't see too much of a, a downfall for SMU, which is kind of like typical for every SMU team that you see every year. Do want to run through their schedule real quick because they do got it pulled up in front of me. doesn't really look – that daunting to be completely honest with you. I mean, week one, you got Louisiana Tech coming into Dallas. That should be a win. Week two, you go to Oklahoma. That's going to be a little bit of a doozy going to Oklahoma. That's probably an L. Then you follow that up with Prairie View at home, should be a win. SMU and TCU. So you got Oklahoma and TCU two out of the last three weeks. That's going to be hell. Probably that's, that's probably an L right there. Then you get Charlotte at home. And then you get the ECU game. On so Thursday, at, it's on a Thursday night, but I've heard it says Thursday, but I've heard they're they might try to get it flexed to Friday to get it away from the Thursday night football game. Yeah. And you're looking at possibly two, three, and two teams going into that matchup. I mean, yeah. I think SMU will probably be three and two. ECU likely will be three and two at, at that point in time. So you're looking at a matchup that could kind of catapult. One team's success going forward, and then one team's complacency going forward. So that really could be one of the bigger matchups at the you know yeah, it's early. It's, it's right. It's an early game. It's a it's early season for a big time conference game. Right. So right. I mean, we're going to see we're going to see what not only we are made of, but uh, what what are the Mustangs made up as well? They're bringing the quarterback back off a collarbone injury. So you know we're going to kind of see 
is he still the same guy? You know, is he able to get back to where he was? Because before he got hurt, man, he was a baller. He right. was looking like one of those guys that could probably be, you know, day two, day three guy. And, the, you know, but that injury, you know, everything he throws up top. So you just kind of got to see where he comes back with it. And they got one wide receiver coming in from TCU that was a four-star recruit coming out. So, you know, that's, yeah, what's his name? Something. Jordan that's Hudson. A, that's a nice little uh, rivalry in itself, too. SMU, TCU, that, I mean, they're both in Dallas. Uh, you know, people that don't pay attention to that rivalry, they hate each other. Absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think they were a really, really close game this year, too. Like, really, really close. Yeah, 42-34. Yeah. So, I mean, and lower TCU went. Right. I mean, SMU hung, SMU hung right with them. So, I mean, it, this this shows that this conference, when, when we want to, we can hang with some people that you wouldn't expect us to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking at the rest of their schedule after ECU. I mean, it honestly really does lighten up. You get Temple, Tulsa, Rice, and North Texas, all four in a row. After ECU, I mean, honestly, all four of those could be wins. They could be sitting at seven and three. They should. At that all those should be wins at that point. Right, right. I mean, honestly, probably Memphis, sitting at seven and three. Going to that Memphis game. That's going to be that's the closest game. Yeah. That's and the got Navy at home. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, and if you're going to play Navy, you want them at home. And then, I mean, you don't ever know what you're getting with Navy. Never. So, I, I never say win or loss for Navy. It's just always, I don't know. I mean, truthfully, I think ceiling could be nine wins for SMU. I mean, I, I, can, yeah, I, I could see I believe the Vegas odds have them exactly at eight. At eight? Yep. So, I mean, they're expecting them to kind of be about the same team. I know ECU's odds are at five. Wow. I hadn't yeah, seen I think ECU odds like yet, but yeah. about five wins, which, I, I mean, hit, to me, that's four. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hitting the casino tomorrow, and you best believe ECU <laughs> over five wins is getting hammered. Hammered. Love it. I think it's like Love minus it. 120. Like five wins, it's not enough. No, is that that's just Vegas odds? They haven't said yeah. at, at five wins? Yeah, that's what that's what it's at. This sport book in it's like Rivers Casino in Portsmouth. It's like two hours wow. from here. So, yeah, I've yeah. been. We turned twenty. We had to wait to get the IDs in. You know, new IDs took like two weeks. My yeah. buddy finally got his, so we're, we're hitting the road. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I just five wins, man. I just to me that I, like I know we got a lot of turnover. I know it's I know it's a lot of shift. There's a lot of change, but five wins just feels like the floor. For ECU. Yeah. I, just, I feel like we're gonna get more than five. We're gonna at least get total. But we have a ton of talent. Right. I haven't got out to get out to camp yet, but from everything I've heard from Igo and some of the other media outlets. The boys just look like like they mean business. Right. You know, the offensive line's big. The running back room, when we get there, man, we got a lot of people to talk about. There's some names up there I couldn't even put because it's just so deep. That room's yeah. so deep. So, I mean, I, I'm extremely excited. And, you know, it's, yeah, I, I just, you know, honestly, I, 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 I agree. I, I think the floor is five. I, I could see. Maybe it's only getting sick. We're gonna we're gonna break all this down in a couple weeks. We're definitely gonna gonna go into yeah. detail with ECU schedule and, and break all everything down. Not just five wins, wow. But you did touch on the running backs. And speaking of the running backs, it is running back week. We do want to talk about that running back room. Obviously, the elephant in the room. You lose Keaton Mitchell. You lose a guy 
um, that you know should have been drafted, a guy that you know was a, in my opinion, top three running back in ECU history. You know, I, yeah. I firmly believe there's no he's question. A top three, yeah, top there's top no three running question. back in the history of East Carolina University. So you don't really replace that. You just have to try and move on and get better and stay consistent. Um, but this running back, his name, his name should be, his name should be on one of those plaques that we got inside of Dowdy one day. And I, I mean, I firmly believe that. Put on the Jets and he's gone. I'm, I'm honestly yeah. going to miss seeing Keaton Mitchell run Have down the sideline. Dude, he's Deuce. on some muscle. Dude, well, he's, he's on some muscle. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He's you know doing a lot of pump returns. I've seen mm-hmm. him working with the ones a lot with Lamar, like. And everything come out of camp is like he's gonna be the one UDFA they keep. They're gonna cut like some seventh rounder to keep him. Yeah, I mean, like, and, but we we all knew his potential. Every one of us. He's just a smaller guy. Right. Hopefully, he can just you know kind of kind of make some room for himself. I mean, obviously, you being that size, you're gonna have to bulk up. But the NFL, I mean, they, those those training regiments, those coaches, that training staff, they're gonna get you right. And as long as you got yeah. your talent. You're going to be there in the yeah, end. No, but, Deuce uh, Vaughn got drafted. He's smaller than Keaton. And yeah, then you're a better running back. That is true. Deuce is nice, though. I, I, I give it to Deuce. Deuce is definitely yeah. uh, Deuce is definitely nice. Yeah, he's nice, but he's not Keaton. To me, I'd rather have Keaton. His speed is just. I would agree. I mean, we we seen against Old Dominion. He hit the outside on that one play. It was like, I remember it. He hit the outside, and then it was, like, gone. It was It was crazy. I think he had one of my fondest hip. memories of uh, – oh, go ahead. He like, dude on his hip, and then, you know, I look back up, and then he's standing in the end zone by himself. Nobody's there. I think uh, the App State game for me, when we played App State in Charlotte, yeah. I was at that game. It was a couple years ago. And when Keaton broke off down the sideline, and it literally looked like everybody else was going in slow motion, and he was, like, hyperspeed. Like, it just – it was just yeah. his his difference was just – and I was like, Wow. Okay, this is yeah, that's when I was like, I knew he was good, but that's when I was like, okay, he's different. Like he's like a special yeah. kind of different where he can separate from everybody. So definitely shout out Keaton Mitchell. But uh talking about this current running back room, man, chance break it down for us, bro. Because we got Rajay Harris, we got Marlon Gunn, Joe Green, John Tavis Bond. How good can this running back room be for ECU in twenty twenty three? This room can be, you know, probably the the unit, the nucleus of our offense, mm-hmm. because this room's deep. Rajay, you know, he tours ACL. But I don't care. He's he looks happy and healthy in camp. Every video he is, you know, he's going full speed. He's hitting the pads harder than anybody. Wow. I mean, he wants it. That dude is hungry. He's seen what he missed out on last year. He, you know, he knew if he if he didn't get hurt, what special him and Keaton could have been together. So he's hungry. You know, he's got this last year. He wants it. He wants it bad. Yeah. So I, I fully expect Roger to have a big year. You know, I'm not saying a thousand yard a year because of how deep this running back room is, but Roger's going to be important. He scored, you know, was it five touchdowns in five games? He put up 238 yards with five touchdowns. I mean, he was a bulldozer on the line. Nobody could tackle. And, so he, he's you know, gonna be big. yeah, if he can, because, you know, we don't know how he's going to return from the ACL injury, but if he can at least be, 90 percent 85 to 90 percent of what he was that's still going to be crucial critical that's, that's yeah that's a lot for our success and then the you guy right behind him go ahead the guy right behind him gun like you're saying uh yeah we we seen some flashes from him last year you know toward the toward the later half of the year whenever 
you know, people were really starting to pick up on Keaton, you know, kind of fading Keaton out, not letting Keaton get to the outside. We started using gun, busting it up the middle. You know, he, he showed what kind of special talent he can be. Yeah. And I think I think my main question is is how does ECU line up with all these running backs? Because in my head, you know, we're bringing the transfer, Gerald Green from Georgia Southern. You know, he's coming in as a grad transfer. And, you know, you when you go in your last year, you're trying to do as best you can, trying to, you know, do everything you can to find a field to get next level. Right. Um, so, you know, how do we line up? Is it going to be like a 1A, 1B, 1C? Is it going to be a true number one? Is it going to be, you know, more of a situational committee? You know, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know what, you know, Donnie has up his sleeve. <laughs> I I hate on DK. I hate on DK a lot. But if he can find a way to make this running back room what it needs to be, get this offense where it needs to be, and we have a big yeah. year, I'll, I'll be quiet about him for a little while. Well, look, if, if there's one kid, one thing DK loves to do, he loves to run, right? He, he loves to yeah. run that rock. It looks like that is the one thing in his, his repertoire he can't call right is, is, is running sometimes. There are times when he calls run play that's like, damn, he doing But uh, all the confidence in the world in Roger Harris, all the confidence in the world in Marlon Gunn, definitely think those two are critical and crucial. I think Mason Garcia, honestly, I mean, we, we, Holton was, a, was a, not just a pocket passer. He could scramble and get out, big body yeah. could run. But Mason is a true athlete. Like Mason is somebody that yeah. could, you know, he's he's like a gazelle out there when he's running. He could lose a defense when he wants to. Yeah. I think having more of a he's dual huge, threat, dude. Like, like he's so he's big. He's, Mason is a like he looks like he can line up play defense. Yeah. So absolutely. Dude, yeah. I mean, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, and that's going to be critical, I think, to our run game as well. Um, don't know too much about Joe Green and John Tavis Bond. How do you think they fit into uh, to those uh, top two? Uh, Green is, you know, like I said, I really don't know what we're going to get out of him. I mean, he averaged like 5.4 yards per carry at, you know, Georgia Southern, but, you know, only put up like 483 yards. But yeah. I don't know what kind of system they're in. They might be in a different kind of system, might not be run heavy. But, I mean, he's coming here for a reason. So, I mean, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And Bond is, you know, was when we picked up that commitment, everybody, you know, on our staff was excited. He's got, you know, he's flat out explosive. You know, Igo said it. You know, he's not Keaton Mitchell explosive, but he has that explosive factor. That's gonna, you know, when he hits the weight room, he gets bigger, quicker. You know, when he hits that college level, he's gonna be a very good running back, and it's gonna be hard to keep him off the field as a freshman. So I think yeah. it's gonna push these other guys, you know, like Rajan and Gunn, that, you know, they can't take it lightly. There's a guy behind them coming for their job. So yeah, like I said, I think this room's gonna be. Exciting, you know. We got still some other guys under them that are pretty daggone good too. But if you just can't get to them, the room's so good, and yeah, that's really tough for those other guys. Hey, look, competition breeds success. I love it. I love it. Now, let me ask you this: over under total yards, total like rushing yards, fifteen hundred. Do you think this running back room combined gets over fifteen hundred rushing yards on the season or less? You know, honestly, I think we do. The only thing that scares okay. me is I think. You know, Michigan is going to be tough. How many rush yards can we get at Michigan? You probably just got to throw that one out. That might be like a 35 Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, that's <laughs> it leaves us only with, you know, 12 games because, you know, we're going bowling. I don't care what nobody says. Right. You know, you know, where does that leave us? And, you know, I think this real question is going to come down, how does Mason Garcia play? If, mm -hmm. if Mason's out there slinging that rock, you know, we're not going to run the ball like that. 
Because, you know, I think Mason's play style compared to Holton's is going to be completely different. You know, Holton, he could run, but like you said, he just – he wasn't like Mason. He didn't have that true kind of run RPOs with him. You couldn't really do it. He wasn't fast enough to get around the edge. And I, right. I think Mason is. So, I think it opens up the playbook as a whole. It's going to keep us from throwing third and ten slant routes across the middle to the slot. But I'm excited. I think this room can be very good. And I, I just hope Rajay can have – Big year. I'm pulling for him hard. Thanks. Oh, we all are. Trust me. We are all rooting for Icy Rajay. But um, I, don't, I don't think I asked you this. The Michigan game. Are you going to the Michigan game? I am. I, yep. I think you did say you are going to be there, correct? Yep. yep. We're okay, driving we got, the Thursday night before. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we we, we got to get up because Ashley and I are going up there, and uh, I, I need to be tailgating with the Pirates up there. Even though I don't know what the hell I'm going to be wearing for this game, I might just be wearing a black T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Just in the stands. Man, honestly, so, I don't even know where know, we're going to tailgate at. Is you know we're still trying to figure out everything. We're like we're like forty minutes from Ann Arbor, and but we're just going to Uber because like okay. all of us want to have a you know a good time. We're not trying to go to Michigan and drop twelve hours for nothing. You know, so, you so guys, we're just going to Uber. You guys in Detroit? So, yeah, we're like ten minutes out of Detroit because you know the girls right. want to go to to the zoo and I want to hit the casino, so it just made more sense. We are also staying in Detroit. I think we are. We actually are trying to get a room at the Motor uh, City Casino Hotel and uh-huh. Resort. I yep. think we're trying to stay there because um, we haven't booked yet. It's either that or I think like um, the Western or something like that, or some some other hotel. We're trying to trying to get. Yeah. We are going to stay we in some, Detroit. We got some Airbnb, and dude, the Airbnb is lot. Remind me, I need to send it to you. It's got like a full wet bar okay. inside. Dude, Ooh. it is electric. Um, the the wet bar might be where I'm at most of the time, to be honest yeah. with you. Might not have to go out. Oh, I can't wait. It's close, man. We're we're just what? God, four weeks away. So Yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, because tonight I got I got I got work for you know high school games. Yeah. That's getting ready to kick off. You know, two weeks for Friday night lights, and then two weeks after that it's game time. So Love you it. know, I'm I'm excited, dude. It's my favorite time of the year. Weather's getting kind of cool. You can go outside and not sweat the whole time. Yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I'm gotta, ready for some DCU football, man. I got to maybe get into some Friday Night Lights stuff. I kind of I kind of miss high school football a little bit. You, you know, getting out there, maybe doing a little bit of coaching or assisting or whatever. But, like, I, I miss Friday Night Lights. I really do. Yeah, dude, covering those games. Oh, my God. Dude, I, it's like I can feel the whole energy because, you know, yeah. you were there. You, you know what it feels like, man. Right, yeah, you're you're strapping up the pads. It's just like the music's on. Everybody's getting ready. You're like, dang, dude, I miss this so much. Want well, nothing better than you know going to school all week, get to play a game on Friday night. Whole teams behind you, whole town. Yeah, it's different. You got the whole community. You got the whole vibe. Like yeah. I just, yeah, I, I would. I, that's one of the things I would almost do anything to go back and just have one more Friday night. You yeah. know, playing a game after a win. And I didn't even, I didn't even play. Like, I was just chilling on the bench. But like, <laughs> dude, the energy was still there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never, yeah. I never played till senior year. I was always the baseball kid. Played mm-hmm. basketball junior year on JV, trying new things. And then coach called me. He was like, "You want to come play quarterback?" Like, I don't know how to play quarterback, but you know, throw a baseball can't be much different. I was so wrong. Right. So much different. But man, I do. I learned so much about football that, like, I thought I knew, and then playing, it's like now I understand 
exactly. different levels of defense concepts. Why the tight ends blocking? You know, why is this guard pulling? It just makes right. football more, you know, it's more of a beautiful game, more of a exactly. beautiful game than I really realized. It's it's chess, not checkers. A lot of people think football is checkers, yeah. and ain't checkers. It's chess. It, it is. Oh it yeah, is I mean, there was there were so many times that I would question, you know, and feel my black coach like, why do we run this play? Mm-hmm. And then the next play would be the same concept, but a receiver run a different route. Make the you know it, it was just confusing, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, they think it's this. We give them this, you know, easy first down. Right. And this is it's crazy how I don't know if you ever been in like seen the videos of NFL huddle, but like there's not plays. No. Every receiver has like a a route, so it's like you know X trig, you know so many different play calls. Mm-hmm. And everybody got to listen to their one call. It's not like the, – Yeah, the one stuff. specific thing that they have yep. to know. And the crazy thing is, like, the quarterback has to literally know everything. Has every, to know everything. Everything. Like, dude, so, like, like, I don't know how it's when it's a being. Yeah, like, the tackle only has to know to do this. The Yeah, the receiver and the running back had, okay, I'm blocking on this play. But the quarterback is, like, every – like, I have to know every yeah. piece. It's insane. Because I was, I was confused just trying to remember, you know, which side was the weak, weak and strong on the <laughs> run plays. <laughs> I'd be getting so lost, man. Uh, I don't know how they do it at the pro level. I was honestly, I was watching. Um, have you watched the, doc, the quarterback documentary on Netflix? I watched like two episodes, and then like I've seen almost half of it on TikTok. So like I've seen like almost everything. It feels like they they were breaking down the plays, and I maybe understood maybe one or two things that they were saying. But they were like reading out the play, and I was like, that just sounds like straight gibberish. I have no. Yeah fucking clue what the hell they just said but they just they know it perfect and they they, they read like 200 plays like that like they just know it so yeah football is definitely a game of chess not checkers 1000 percent um i'm stoked I, I could talk about football all night all night but um that's actually really all we had though brother wasn't gonna be a long episode short sweet to the point chance you got anything else you want to give to the people you know if you're a betting man Go down to the casino in Virginia. <laughs> Take each of you over five wins is what I got to tell people. Okay, that's that's not enough wins. No, that's, that's don't come, don't 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 come to me if we lose. If we only win. <laughs> <laughs> Chance, Chance says only hit my DMs when we win. Don't don't hit me when we lose. Yeah. I'm not open. But uh, you got to walk the plank for us this week, man. The Pac-12. Yeah, that's got to be man. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that conference was. At one point, do you know Oregon, Utah, Stanford? At one point, was really good, and Oregon State. Now it's just like, what are y'all doing? You know, college football is completely changing. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't even get a media deal done. They pretty much burned their bridge themselves. Teams are waiting. I mean, they went a long period of time. I was like, you know, what's going to happen? No media right. deals in place. You know, your two big schools already left. Your next biggest one's Oregon. You gotta hold Oregon. If you don't hold Oregon, like this conference is pretty much toast. And then you got the news, Oregon and Washington. I was like, dang. Yeah, got the Seattle, you know, they got the Seattle market. You know, the Big Ten is Big Ten and SEC are I'd say almost on the same level now. You know, they're 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 getting there. I mean, and it's hard to say because the SEC's been so good and won so many national championships, but they keep adding teams, they're gonna be on the same level. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I look, I, I think when, when USC and UCLA decided to leave, 
and go to the Big Ten. I, I, that to me was a writing on writing on the wall. Like yeah. the Pac-12 was absolutely dead. You're losing your biggest football school. You're losing your biggest basketball school in UCLA. Been there for the entirety of the Pac-12. Right. Like like these are the original like members. Like they helped build yeah. this conference. And you're losing that LA market. Like the writing's on the wall. This 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 conference is absolutely going to be dead. So absolutely Pac-12 walked the damn plank into the abyss to never come back ever 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 again. It's nice Maybe knowing you. Help up. <laughs> help Thanks. Up me. Thanks. But um, yeah, that's all I had. Chance, if you didn't have anything else to add, man, uh, Pirate Nation, we love you. As always, wash your hands, wash your butts. And we out. Peace. Peace. Jared impression. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was having to I figured Jared would like that one. <laughs>